Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, advisor for Influential You and your host for this weekly podcast. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we've helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. And that's why I'm excited today to welcome Mark Kammerer to the Influential You podcast. A little bit about Mark. Mark is the CEO of the Kammerer Group. It's an independent consulting company in travel and food security. And you'll learn a little bit more about that today. On today's show, we're going to talk a bit about his journey from the C-suite to his own company. He's also a member of the Influential You Toastmasters Club and a great speaker. If you ever want to join us with that, you ought to put yourself into a Toastmasters Club, especially ours. But Mark joins us from beautiful Bend, Oregon, where he lives with his wife, Mia. And please join me by hitting like, hitting thumbs up, subscribing to our channel, and welcome Mark Kammerer to the Influential You podcast. Now, Mark, this is funny because I we've known each other for about five years since I started, and I have no clue how you heard about Influential You. How did you find out about us? Well, the way you learn about something great is you have a great person tell you about it. And the great person who told me about this is Paul Adams. Now, Paul, I met through the through an entrepreneur through an entrepreneur uh, breakfast in Bellevue, Washington. Uh, got to know him a little bit, and as it happens, we we ended up uh, using his services. But the bigger aha for me was listening to him talk about how he developed his business as a result of the teaching that he got at Influence Ecology. And, you know, Paul Adams, a, a good friend of the show, in fact, has his own podcast, wonderful friend of mine as well, client. I, I Did you come to a webinar? Did you find out through a, a, a group or did you just go straight to like Drew and all of them? My journey was to attend an event in Seattle. Uh, and then from there, I uh, ended up uh, working with Drew, going through why do it, why not do it. In fact, I had him over to my house for breakfast. Uh, and eventually, you know, I said, well, this is really going to benefit me and I have the time and, uh, I dove in and did FOT and John, uh, John was the teacher of FOT at that time. So it was quite rigorous. John, John Patterson was, was leading the, uh, FOT. Was the leader. So, yeah. he, he so. knows how to smack you in the nose and make you want to come back for more. I tell you, well, that's really good because you kind of came to us at a different time in a lot of ways. Uh, you were sort of towards the end of some of your, your C-suite uh, life, it sounds like. Tell me yep. a little bit about what life was like before the fundamentals of transaction. Good. Well, I am the oldest of seven children raised in the Midwest in a large Catholic family. And the oldest is told that their course is predetermined <laughs> to be the best, to go to the top, to push hard at everything you do. And I didn't have any problem with accepting that as a path. I've been a lifelong learner. I'm an achiever. Uh, I've done a lot of things that I've gotten to the top at. I went to good schools. I went back to business school. And then I rose through the corporate ladder. And I rose primarily because of hard work. I rose because I learned a lot from people around me. 
I learned a lot from books. I learned a lot from the the cultures that I was in. But what was always missing was me. And so I I was lucky enough to spend, you know, 30 years plus in corporate life. My last role was uh, was leading sales and marketing uh, at a global uh, cruise line. And it came to the point where I wasn't going to get another rung up the ladder. Mm. And so that was done. And it was bittersweet, um, but it was also time. So I would say, like many people who go into corporate life, we follow a path that is prescribed for us by the jobs that are available around us. Now, I was a little bit different because I was willing to change companies to go get the new job. In fact, I had 11, I had 13 different jobs at 11 different companies from 1980 to, to, uh, to about six years ago. Mm. So I also learned from observing how a culture functions, mm. What's the language of that culture, what are the behaviors of that culture? And I will tell you, if I had had influential use training in transactional competence as I walked into these new places, I would have been far more successful. Mm. I just would have been more successful uh, because the, the issue that you face if you're going to go through change is no one knows you. No one really trusts you. You have to prove yourself and you're doing it in real time. And transactions, the, the structure of the transaction cycle helps you to slow that down, to make sure you know where you are, to make sure you're working with people in a way that they accept mm. and they're going to find easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll ask this because uh, <laughs> slowing down this transaction now, don't, don't yeah. beat me to the punch. Cause let, let me get there, but tell me a little bit about you. You came across some breakdowns and because, yeah. you know, in the fundamentals of transaction program, we primarily focus on health activity, money and yeah. career, but yeah. you're also an advanced member with us. You went through the entire four-year curriculum so we could talk a lot deeper but yeah. one of the things that you said in notes was that at times you found that you had breakdowns in money, yep. health, sociality, yep. and spirituality, yep. four of our 15 yep. conditions of life. Yep. It, briefly, could you tell me a little bit about your breakdowns in money, health, sociality, and spirituality? Absolutely. Um, money. I didn't know how to deal with having money. I'd made a lot of it I, and I was, I've been very successful, but the breakdown was in, well, what is it? And what is the broader concept of money? Am I ready for my life? Am I prepared? Can I, do I have enough? Do I have a surplus? So I was curious about that. On the health side, uh, I suffer from depression. Mm. I've had to leave work uh, twice in my corporate life because it is so severe. And so this idea that without your health, you have nothing and the discipline that it takes to keep your health and understanding that if you don't keep it up, you can't do anything else. You just can't because yeah. you won't be able to function in it. Sociality is a funny one because I am a very, um, I'm a very social person. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm pretty good at it, but in terms of building 
a broader social network, I didn't really work at it. And I looked back on my corporate experience and said, man, I walked out without a network. How did that happen? You know, and, and spirituality is one of those areas that I have a deep faith. Just it's built, been built into me through a variety of different experiences. But the I didn't understand how to continue to evolve in it. Mm. And without just following the practices that I had done before. So having those things in front of you and having to say, what's your aim for them was <laughs> frankly, very um, confronting. It was disturbing. I was incredibly naive. Um, John did a great job of making me as uncomfortable as possible, but then drawing me back into the learning that I could get, you know, in, in the program. Um, so it was that evaluation you make. And the one that struck me the most is project where you're going to be at the following ages in the following conditions of life. Mm. How old are you going to be? How long will you live? What will your family look like? What will your daily activities look like? Just putting that in front of me and having to answer it. Um, it clarified a lot of uh, noise that I had in my, um, in my head. And it was, it made it, it made it possible to make progress. Yeah. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the conditions of life, I'm going to define uh, just money and health for now, since it's a little yeah. bit easier in the, in the entry level money being, um, you know, a tool measures the value of your work, your ability yeah. to exchange in the marketplace and yeah. health is not just body. It's also mind. Right. And so yeah. when we talk about depression, we talk about things, we can have the most healthy body in the world, but if they're not both functioning, we're going to be struggling. And so I, I yep. love it that you went and tackled those two, especially in the idea of, you know, the having of money, which isn't mm -hmm. something that a lot of people complain about very much, no. right? Like, I wish I had those problems, Mark. Yep. But I'd love to hear just a briefly a little bit about when you started to face those things and realize that, you know, you, you had made it because you did the right steps in your career yep. and now you're here and now what, yep. what does that feel like? Oh. like like yourself who tends to have it really kind of put together and yeah. projects sort of a, a sociable uh, yep. kind uh, almost a kind elder personality I, I that's a great way to set this up Josh because having money however much you have right it's it's more do you know what you're going to do? what activities you're going to be engaged in with that resource. Have you really thought about what you have? Do you, have you gotten expert advice? Do you have a plan? And I didn't have a plan. And I reached a point where I was, you know, I was, I was successful. Uh, I wasn't going to stop working because I, I like it, but it was also, this feels very, very, very confused. And the other part is I have a family, I have a wife, I've been married now 40 plus years and making my wife, Mia, comfortable and understanding money. And I'll, I'll tell you the breakdown that we solved for everybody. Most couples don't want to talk about money. <laughs> they just don't want to. 
some typically one party takes care of it and the other is is participant but not necessarily knowing everything now this is it this is there are many people we know josh that this isn't true but sure. but my wife was really 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 uncomfortable dealing with money and paul adams i hired him purposefully I had an aim at the end of my time with him that we would know everything together about our money. Mm. Everything. We went through step by step by step. And it took my wife's anxiety down. It took our comfort and our decision making further out. And when we had to come to decisions on things that were unexpected, um, we were able to handle them. Yeah. So that breakdown is it's crippling to a relationship, to your sociality, to your, to your, to your sense of yourself. And it's the most basic one. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny because we all, we all strive to have more resource right? and money is a resource. Yeah. However, and I've heard Anna, uh, Anna speak to this before, that's fine, but plan for it occurring. And you will be much better able when you arrive to do the things you want to do with that resource. Yeah, I love, I love that. Well, put is it Anna Athanasu who you've heard yes. say that? I, yeah. I love yeah. that. And I, I, another friend of the podcast and, and one, my spirit animal right now. She's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. people in the whole world. She, you know, what I find is a lot of times there's something about moving forward and, and making money or hitting an aim in health that you didn't know you existed, but there's something yep. else about calling a shot and hitting it over yep. and over and over and over until it gets annoying because you just keep hitting things yep. that a lot of our clients tell us, you know, is one of the wonderful things about understanding, calling a shot, calling that aim, saying, here's where we're going and doing it. And when you have a teammate like your wife, who is now up to speed on it and much more comfortable with it and able to talk about it. I can only imagine the relief that is. Um, anything else to say about that before uh, we keep going? No, a second? I, 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 uh, it's remarkable what changes inside of you when you do the process. Yeah. You stick to the process, answer the questions, go through, accept that you may be un, uh, naive, accept that you may have a lot more work to do to make progress. It's amazing how you feel. Yeah. It's just amazing how you feel. Something tells me uh, in the, if you guys are still listening to the podcast, you're going to hear hearing about the uh, power of transactions and the small transactions <laughs> over and over again. But you before might. we do that, <laughs> uh, Mark, thank you so much. We'll be back with the rest of Mark's story in just a moment. Uh, we want to make sure that you know that the Influential You podcast is brought to you by Thrive. That's Influential You's self-guided training program. Thrive is the on-ramp for our acclaimed business curriculum. It's professional consulting, and it's, it's so much more than you get out of any other programs that you can see. What you'll find at Influential You is that we really work on helping people think accurately about all their conditions of life. And if you do the Thrive program, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have videos that will change the way you view the world. Thrive is a professional self-development program that lets you learn at your own pace. And our members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons that are taught by faculty, consultants, and industry experts. And we are so convinced that you're going to love Thrive that we're just going to give it away. If you'd like 30 days 
to get a test drive of our program Thrive, you use this coupon. It's coupon code 30DAYS. You can get links uh, for more in the show notes, or you can text the word Thrive to 805-262-9008, and we'll give you all the information you need to know right to your phone. That registration link will be sent right there. Again, text the word Thrive to 805-262-9008, and you can cancel at any time. And we're going to come back with Mark. And, and Mark, you were just talking about kind of some of the uh, security or the the feeling of knowing where we were going. But tell me yep. a little bit more about what you learned once you got into the Fundamentals of Transaction program and you started to do some of this study. What did yep. life kind of, how did it start moving for you? Uh, there are three, there were three big uh, learnings. The first was about personalities and how personalities play roles in transactions. Now, I'd done a lot of the work around personality studied Myers-Briggs, you know, you name it in the past. I identified myself as this and this, and I'm in this quadrant, and I'm supposed to do this stuff to make other people feel good. But what learning about the personalities says is it's not about you making other people feel good. It's about you doing your role in the transaction at the highest level possible, and then handing it to the next to the next person in the transaction who has the right capability and personality. That was a huge breakdown for me in corporate life because I didn't understand that I was really only good at some stuff and I just needed to hand it to other people. And often I handed it to the wrong person. So the transaction would back up. I didn't have a contract. I didn't have a, I didn't have a producer. And so someone would back up. That's one. It's one big learning is figure out who you are, figure out what you're really good at and, and work with the other uh, parts, the other personalities to perform a transaction, design it so it moves quickly to the people who are best at the particular stage. Mm. That was one. A second thing that became very evident to me in moving from corporate life to, to entrepreneurship was this. It's called many hats. I have this bronze hat sitting in my office right here on my desk. It makes a lot of noise because you are going to have more than one hat. Mm. And sometimes in a transaction, you may want to be a performer, but you, you, need to, you need to prepare for being something else or you need to participate. For example, participating with inventors. I'm very good at it because I understand how nuts they are. And I can jump around in the ideal world that they're in, but then I can I have a discipline to bring certain things out of it. Now, that's not my part of the transaction cycle, but it's a capability that I have up here in the upper part of the transaction cycle. And the third thing is measurement. Measurement. You know, I, I is, Josh will knows this because you know, I share a common personality. Performers loathe measurement because it constrains our freedom. However, without any measurement, I can't prove my case. I don't have evidence. I'm just telling stories. And telling stories may work for a time, but when you're in an entrepreneurial environment trying to grow companies from zero to you know, 100 million, you have to have evidence. You won't get, you won't make progress, you won't convince customers, you won't get investors. 
Uh, you'll have all that. You'll have all those dragging at you, which are already going to happen. And the last thing, uh, it's not a, a fourth thing, but it is, it's important to understand. When you go from corporate life or, or, or a more bound life, everything is inbound. You wake up in the morning and there's a flood of new things that are coming through whatever communication you're doing, WhatsApp, email, text, it's all coming at you. When you stop doing that, it stops. And it's quite confusing at the beginning because you have to generate the work. You have to generate the activity. It's not as structured. And the transaction cycle allows you to put a structure in place around something that can look unstructured. And that is helpful for people like me. Yeah, it's really good. And I, I wrote down a couple of things that you said. And um, first off, I, I, I said cooperation, the ability to make sure that the right people are in the right place and you're directing them to move in the yep. ways that you need them to move, which adds a bit of talent identification, super valuable, not just in the C-suite, but also in entrepreneurship. And then putting people in the right place, but also the second thing, being able to act out that role, even if it doesn't come naturally to you, to be able to step in that place, take yeah. on the role of, say, a producer or a judge when it's not really your comfort spot, but you know yeah. it needs to happen. Yeah. And until you can fill that spot, well, I'm going to go play that role. It's not really yeah. valuable. And then finally, the measures portion. Yeah. And I do agree that a lot of performers tend to not really enjoy the measurement. I will say that we we tend to write a narrative about a measurement that may or may not yes. be so, that may yes. or may not be based on objective yeah. facts. But I, I also like the idea that when you're able to like look at your transactions and simple transactions and moving them forward, regardless oh. of whether you're in the C-suite or you're doing your own thing, waking yep. up and knowing exactly where you're supposed to go in this simple transaction to do the work that's necessary to become successful in the thing you're striving to do, that must have been a, just a, a game changer for you from moving from one you know role to another. Well, yeah. Anything to say about that? Yeah, I, making it simple, right? Um, take away complexity from the transaction so you can complete it. Uh, in my prior existence, everybody made things more complicated. You yeah. walk out of a room and you walked in with only one thing to do. You walked out with 10. And then the next day, people are saying, why didn't you do all 10? We, because you're already doing the two things you were supposed to do before you walked into the room. So the ability to slow things down and say, what is the one focus of this transaction? Who needs to be involved in it? What are the resources we have and how to drive it through? to whatever stage it gets to. Now you may get to a stage and you can't get past it, but that's, if you can do that faster, then you can drop it because it's not, it's not working for you. So the, this, this idea that you identify people that are in the right roles and then you constrain yourselves to complete transactions. You don't continue to leave them open. Uh, that takes someone driving it, right? And and it takes communication and it takes empathy and it takes understanding and it takes the reality that we're all human and you know we we make mistakes or we make assumptions but i am uniquely skilled in a way at creating cooperation amongst different groups of people because my ego isn't involved in it and part of this is i'm not a corporate life you can't hurt me you, you can't hurt my ego. Everybody's tried. So I have a healthy sense of myself 
influence ecology and transactionalism helped to make that more clear. One of the things I realized when I was first in this is I did not get rewarded at the level that I could have out of corporate life. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. I let other people get rewarded, but or I help get them rewarded or however it works. But simple, Josh, is simple is something that works really well. And I'm going to give you a uh, go ahead. I have one more thing, but go, you go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just listening right now. I, I think it's really good. I will say this. The complexity of being simple is something that I think we learn in map two. And I know that you, you, you remember that. I also oh, yeah. haven't heard influence ecology in a long time. So you get docked for that one, but <laughs> you've been with us for a really long time. And it, you've probably yeah. seen many of the changes where we had to swallow our own pills yep. to move the way that we teach people to move. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit of maybe, you know, you go, you, you spoke a little bit about, you know, when you're in the C-suite, you know, it's regimented, you know what you're doing yep. and you're transitioning from there into the entrepreneur life. When you and I both know the easiest thing to do is to wake up at 11 o'clock, grab a cup of coffee and then veg out until about four or five when everybody gets home and then realize, right. oh, I didn't do anything with my day. Because I'm in sales and that's the other thing that you can do in sales if you're not going to be good at it. So I'd, I'd love to hear, how did you know what to do? Is it, was, it, was it solely based on a lot of the transactions that you started to create? Was that a shorthand that made it easier to know where to go to work? Tell me a little bit about that thinking. Uh, it's, who, it's, it's what environment do you place yourself in? Good. It's it's surrounding yourself with people who have a similar mission, who have a similar interest, so that you can start to have a dialogue around what work needs to be done. Uh, that's part one. Is you don't? I'm not doing this on my own. I do things with others. Mm -hmm. So that is one way to to create the discipline. Uh, another is to have a schedule every day. Yeah. Like get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time. However you do your schedule, I, I don't preach one version or another, but I tend to wake up at 530 every morning. I get outside. I do a workout. I just do these certain things so that when I reach a point when work is there, I'm ready to do it. That's that's a life skill, not just a entrepreneur skill. Uh, and then <laughs> honestly, the last part is just ask people around you how you're doing. They'll tell you, they'll say you're not good or you're good. They'll tell you bluntly what it is that you need to hear so you can get back on track. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my, uh, that's my take. I like that. And the qualified feedback, right? Because you, that's qualified. the other thing is we don't, we don't just ask anybody. And I, and I no. know that I know you know that for sure, because I just know how, how hard you study and the people that you surround yourself with. So I, I love that. Now you were also saying something else before I very yeah. rudely interrupted. Yeah, you know, no. podcast. So if, if you could, um, <laughs> if we could put the, if we could put the picture up. Yeah. Yeah. T, do you have that picture? All right. Who are we looking at, Mark? That is my granddaughter, Mackenzie. Uh -huh. And that is she and I off on a walk near my house. And we're both happy as all get out because we're looking at the world. Mm. We're engaged in it. We're seeing things around us. And it brings me great joy. So you can take that away. And I share that because my legacy 
is going to be to pass the competence that I have built over time onto people around me. Mm. Hopefully people will want to learn something from me, but it'd be a shame to lose it all. And the first person who helps me understand that is a five-year-old because a five-year-old only cares about certain things from you. They don't care how smart you are. They don't care how charming you are. What they really care about is, are you engaged with them? Mm. Do you care about them? Do you show it? And if you can have those capabilities come out of how you work with others all around the transaction cycle, just think how much more power is in your hands and how much better your life will be. That's Mark. It's beautiful. And I think it's, it's the perfect segue into what life's like now, because when we, when we talked before the show and some of the answers that you said, you really talk a lot about the idea of you really have a great life. Like you're enjoying yep. this part of, you know, the time that you have and yep. you have a focus on satisfying primary conditions, health, money, career, sociality, yep. and mm -hmm. the ability to stretch into the other conditions. So it sounds yep. like you build up a, a bit of a surplus and fortified a lot of kind of your security. Uh, could you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, when I left corporate life, um, I did a deep dive and, and being in, being around the conditions of life and having to write my aims was a, a central part of me being able to attack it. But I said, I want a third of my life at work. I want a third of my life giving back. And I want a third of my life for me. Now, it doesn't stay in perfect balance because there are times when maybe it's 100% work for a period of time. But knowing that I am engaged in that helps me connect some of the conditions of life back. So, for example, the one of the companies I've involved in is a company called Transparent Path. And we help keep food out of landfills by measuring it as it's going through the, the distribution system. I've been involved in the in, in solving food insecurity and food scarcity uh, for the last five years. I'm going to be the chairman of Feeding Washington, which is a statewide organization to help distribute food across the food banking world. No, I have time to do that. I created surplus so I could be involved in it. And and I think I wrote this in my notes. And on a personal level, it takes time to stay a single digit handicap. So you know. If you're if you're gonna practice, you got if you're gonna get, stay good, you gotta practice. And I, I want to bring it up to a to a higher level, which is my life is run by me. Mm. My life is engaged with others, but my life is run by trying to achieve my aims, not selfishly, as if nothing else in the world exists, but my life is run by me. And when you accept that as your as an operating philosophy, and it's and it's something that's embedded in a lot of the work that Kirkland has has found in in you know in in the philosophical side. When you accept that, now the power to change it also rests with you. If you refuse to accept it, then you will be bounced around by the world, and you won't get what you want. And I think one of the things that I remember John asking me really early on, are you getting what you want? Mm. Are you getting what you want, Mark? Are you getting what you want? And my answer was no. And he's like, well, would you like to get what you want? Yes. And here I am years, years, years later, um, still perplexed 
why I can't do some of the things that I have been taught more easily than I would like. And knowing that it takes practice. Yeah. It just takes practice. You know, well, it's, you're, it's, you're it's jumping not, on the team. <laughs> I love that you're jumping on the theme of 2014 of practice. The year of practice is going to be so much fun. But yeah. I, I have to say this. This is so funny. Beautiful grandchildren, the ability to have lifelong learning, surplus of time, life on your own terms, and a great handicap. Who's got it better than us, Mark? Nobody. As I said, <laughs> I have a great life. I every you you mentioned this, Josh, and you know I say this when people say, "How are you?" I said, "I have a great life." Yeah. You need to say things to yourself over and over and over again so that you'll realize they're true. And then you can go get the proof and then you can go have an even better life. Mm. So I suggest to anybody who's seeking a better life and is struggling with, it's not quite the way they want it. Try the education. It'll take you 13 weeks and 13 weeks is going to go by anyway. The other outcome that you will get is you'll get to meet a group of people and in an ecology that can move you faster than you can ever move on your own. We talk about, you know, progress comes in groups, learning comes in groups, the team is your brain. I don't want to work that hard anymore. I want to use the team members. I want them to use me so we make progress faster. Yeah. And the, the measure of entrepreneurial success is financial at some level, but it's also, can you continue to grow? Can you continue to find the right people? Are you putting people in the right roles? Are you understanding your place in the market? And are you having fun? Because if you're not having fun doing this stuff as an entrepreneur, you'll stop. It's hard, right? Yeah. But I'm having fun. And I attribute a big part of it to my learning that I got from Influence Ecology. I'm going to pass on a compliment that someone gave me that you know very well, Anthony Nicoli. Uh, I, I appreciate you, not because of all of the things that you've said, not because of all the things you've accomplished, but because of your skill set as a lifelong learner, as a studier, as someone who studies what we do here at Influential U. And at this point, we're going to flip the tables and I'd love you to teach me something about sure. the power of transactions. And so I'm, I'm ready for that. Hmm. Um, well, a question. Sure. When faced with two equally important activities, how do you prioritize one over the other? What is the structure that you use because you can't do both? And the lesson uh, that I push at people is you have to have a guide. That guide has to be your aims. You have to refer back to them so that you can say no to, to, to one of two things that are going to use your time. And I don't, I think the lesson, and Tony actually, Anthony Nicoli is one of the people who, who pressed this, a a teaching is how to say how to do powerful declines and how to do to say no, knowing that it's the right choice, knowing it's the right choice because you've done the work to figure it out. 
So I always, I know you're faced with this all the time, Josh. People ask you, I need you to be here. I need you to be here. I need you to do this. And you know, but if you say, well, it doesn't, that one doesn't meet my aim. You've just shortcutted all the other, all the other stuff you have to do. And people will accept it. They like being told just straightforwardly, no, I can't do it. And if they say why, because, well, it doesn't align with what I'm trying to do. And they'll be like, Oh, people don't tell me that very often. They don't, they're not that blunt. So that would be my, the teaching moment is around making choices and how that. you keep yourself oriented and a good use of your time. And I, I think, I think what I love about what you said is that most people won't do that work. Most people won't take the time to actually stop and sit with their aims and figure out what is it that I want. And the people that do want it are possibly missing conditions of life because as you and I spoke about maybe four, maybe six conditions of life, there are 15. Yeah. There are nine that didn't even get mentioned today that people don't know that are coming for them. And yeah. so, Mark, I just want to say thank you for being an excellent student, for someone who has studied this and can speak to it as well as uh, you do. I know it's going to serve you and I know it's going to serve your family so much more and more, more beautiful pictures of the grandchildren. How about, how about yeah. that in my cell phone? Can you do that well, for me? I will, I will, I will see her shortly. So I'm sure there will be other opportunities to get a close up. Oh, Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I will see you at the next Toastmasters and uh, I think virtually for the next conference. Is that true? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yes. So last thing. <laughs> yeah, to all, it. to all who are seeing this, this is the end of this is the end of 2023. It's my best wishes for all of us to have an amazing 2024 and to achieve our aims.